0: We have Lisa Lanier, our official attorney on this program. A lot of good stories today she's going to dive into. She goes through legal cases and solves them for us. And by the way, I'm getting so many emails, and now on Facebook they're talking about the NFL players who went on to be actors. Who's done that best? Because the rumor is Tom Brady might want to become an actor Mm. when he's done finally playing football. And somebody said The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but I don't think he played NFL. I don't don't remember. I know he played for the U. Yeah, and then somebody said he played CFL football, but not. NFL. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, that's what I heard, just just read from an emailer. And um, but, but what a career! Oh God, yeah. Post and Mark Harmon never played NFL. Mm-hmm. We looked. We looked up. it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. played UCLA, but never went to the. Decided against it to pursue a career in the law and then acting. Yeah, so, the law, Lisa. Speaking of the law, okay. You never considered NFL as a career, <laughs> did you, or acting? You want you always? No, I didn't. The law. No,
1: I was. I never considered it. But, you know, i with that person that said The Rock, even though he wasn't NFL. Yeah. I love The Rock.
0: Oh, my God. When, when did you know you wanted to be an attorney, Lisa?
1: You know, I pretty much knew pretty early on I had decided that. Cause, and it's a good thing because you kind of have to plan ahead mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, getting into good college, good law school, get, keeping your grades up and, you know, things like that. Cause the, and prepping for the LSAT and it's just there's it a lot of work a lot of planning that goes into it. Same for me Think could have answered the. I could, yeah there you go
0: I could I mean very early on I knew I wanted to be in the law. <laughs> yeah. I knew <laughs> without a doubt this is the path for me mm-hmm. Let's talk about these uh, fascinating case I thought yesterday Chris Dim brought us in a Dim report uh, a woman apparently went next door uh a, she was at a party and she ran across the street because the guy was a, a guy was flying a Nazi flag on his porch. A couple of them, I guess. Yeah, and this is three in the morning. That's right. It was uh, yeah, two fifty five a.m. She runs across the street. Her name is Kendall McVeigh. This was a couple of weeks ago, and she steals last summer. What did I say? A couple of weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry. It's in court. A couple of weeks ago. Last summer at a party, she goes across the street. She grabs the Nazi flag. She turns around. The guy who lives in the home shot her multiple times in the back uh, as she was leaving, and without warning, shot at least seven shots at McVeigh. The he woman. was laying in wait. Was he He was? They found uh, ashtray, an ashtray full of cigarette butts. He was he's just a waiting. Chair. He's, he was waiting <laughs> for someone to come over there. Now he is saying, "I was in fear for my life. I was afraid." Self defense. Self defense. She's coming in. But she grabbed the flag and turned and ran away. Now, she's not supposed to grab his flag. And he's, no. not, and, and he's got a right, I guess, to have a Nazi flag. So does he win this? She was struck several times in the abdomen and legs, but survived. Lisa, is he going to go to jail for this, or can he claim self-defense?
1: Well, he is claiming self-defense, but I don't think he'll be successful in it. Because, I mean, it's a fascinating case. Really. He's actually saying he's the victim here. Mm-hmm. He says this was a hate crime. And that he has his right to, you know, his opinion and he does and he says that these flags keep getting stolen. But the police see it a little bit differently. Authorities say, you know, he basically set a trap and was, as you said, he was laying in wait and wait and he sat there all night smoking his cigarettes and he had his gun ready. I mean and he didn't just have any gun, he had an AR fifteen mm-hmm. and he was watching, he had his cameras rolling and as soon as somebody came, you know, he, he shot her and she was not on his property when she shot him. She was across the street. Right. She had made it to, uh, the, like the property <laughs> across the street and into their ditch. And that's where he shot her.
0: I got that and- son of a bitch's <laughs> pop, pop, pop,
1: pop, <laughs> waving yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he shot her, he hit her seven times yeah. in the back, yeah. um, you know, back abdomen, back legs. And, uh, you know, this guy, he's a vet. He's uh, really, I mean, it's an interesting case because he's, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, where this happened, mm. they have the castle dr- doctrine, which is, you know, one of those stand your ground kind of things.
0: Is it possible these two could become friends? I mean, I, am, I, I don't think so. am I seeing this too? I don't think so. How did you two meet? I was liberal hunting one night. <laughs> <laughs> and I stole his Nazi flag. He shot me in the back. Shot me in the back. Seven, seven times. Seven times. <laughs> seven times. I should be dead. Is it? Is it possible he's just misunderstood? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. The crazy saying? old Nazi down the block. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, but you know, that's interesting about laying in wait. I don't think he set a booby trap. I, I, I mean, I he did lay in wait, but just because he has flags out there, I mean, he's is that considered a booby trap? You know, it's not like he put some sort of w- wire across his yard to make her trip. It him. seems like if, if you're if you're sitting anyway. there waiting for somebody to come along and you've got that, it's almost. Um, like you're looking for a fight.
1: Well, yeah, but, but if, yeah. If, well, he was—he definitely was—and he said this has happened so many times that you know, his flag been stolen, and he knew the party was going on, and he just knew one of those, you know, liberal mm-hmm. partiers over there across the street were going to come. Yeah, take his flag. Well, so, I find it. interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, he did sort of set a trap, I think. I mean, he, especially the extent to which he was, you know, he was positioned. He sat there all night waiting, and mm-hmm. he—he's um, he, going to have some issues with that. Let me ask thing. you. This. But it's fascinating. These castle doctrines are getting tested all over the place as people are. Or shooting people on their property, you know, uh, right and left. Well, hypothetically, let's
0: say I have a uh, let's say a Christmas ornament or a Christmas Santa that gets stolen or um, defamed in some way all the time. It's happened two or three times, and one night I see there's a party of kids, teenagers next door. And I sit there on my porch in darkness, waiting for somebody to come over, smoking and smoking cig after smoking cig, cig after cig, <laughs> waiting for somebody to come over and spray paint my Santa Claus. And when they do it, I go tackle the teenager and break his leg. Am I liable for that? Do am am I in any trouble for doing that?
1: I think if he's on your property, then no. you're a lot you know in a lot better position. Yeah. If he's unlawfully entered your property, mm-hmm. his, uh, you know North Carolina has the castle uh, sort of a similar yeah. doctrine, even maybe a little bit broader. But I think you know one of the there's a there's an old old case that everybody studies in law school where somebody had his shed broken into several times and he got really tired of it and so people stealing his tools and stuff so he set a gun and rigged it so that it would go off and as soon as somebody opened the door well mm. of course as soon as he does that some kids come along <laughs> and you know try to get into his shed and he blows them up you know with his gun and so oh my God um, you know the, yeah and of course the guy went to jail and he you know he claimed the, hey they were unlawfully on my property and yeah. all that sort of thing. And so, you know, if you know something, the same kind of thing, you know, these, this guy knew people were coming onto his property illegally and he figured out a way to set a trap basically so, for them to shoot them. He can't do that.
0: Well, I consider what you just said, the shed, that to me is a booby trap. You open the door and you're shot. Right, you right, right. This guy's a little yeah. different, but I think you're right about the property. It, but there, yeah, but there, yeah. clearly there yeah. is a difference between shooting somebody and be, and running out there and and, and, and and beating them up because they put a dick on the snowman. We didn't have to go in there, (laughs) we? Well, I mean, is that the truth? I mean, mean, beating somebody up. This woman spent years planning to be an attorney. Well, this is a fine (laughs) argument. (laughs) I want to hold him in contempt. I literally want to hold this man in contempt of court right now. Let's move on. Let's go to the next case. My God. A 78-year-old woman in Tampa is being sued over feeding a stray cat. Her name is Joan Hussey, and she feeds stray cats and animals in her Tampa Bay condo, around her Tampa Bay condo, against their rules. And they have asked her several times to stop, and she just won't stop feeding this cat, that cat, and they come around. And she's saying, look, I'm 78 years old. I'm just trying to help these animals. And even though we feel for her and our, her heart's in the right place, it seems like she's going to lose in court and wind up having to stop or lose her residence or go to jail even. Is that the case, Lisa? What do you think?
1: Yeah, bless her heart. She's, she's not faring very well so far. So what they've done so far... Is you know she's seventy eight years old. She just she says there's one cat that she sort of has decided is her cat. She feeds it. It's a black and white tuxedo cat or whatever, and she tries to uh, take care of it. She had it neutered or spayed, whatever she had it fixed. And she's just you know there's one cat. The homeowners association for this condo says no, no, no. You're feeding. You're causing a big problem with all the cats. You know that are coming by to eat this bowl of food you're putting out. Mm-hmm. So under their agreement. They've already taken her to a, an arbitration, and she says, you know, she was served with some papers. It was legal mumbo jumbo. She didn't understand it. She didn't show up. Mm-hmm. So there's already been an order for her to stop. Yep. And now the next move that the condo association is taking is they're going to take that order to the court and ask the court to give them an injunction so that she's then enjoined from doing it. And so she's she's losing here. And unfortunately, you know, we've talked about. I think you know HOAs are just terrible, and they have. They're omnipotent, powerful organizations that usually make people's lives hell, and that's what they're doing to this 78-year-old woman. I'm on the board of ours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's I hate an I hate an H-O-A. Hate uh, an HOA. <laughs> keep the minutes, don't you? I was going yeah, to invite you to our next meeting. <laughs> he's, the, he's the secretary. Yeah, no, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we will move to the next case unless Dave wants to make a crass comment no I won't be mean to Dave? (laughs) I'm cool for cats (laughs) the next case takes us to San Antonio where there are two families who are very angry at a funeral home there, and we hear this way too often the Cervantes family uh, called Mission Park Funeral Home on November 11th to prepare their mother's body for a funeral the Salinas family had their mom who died on November 21st both preparing burial and the two were accidentally swapped mm. through a bunch of different situations. And one had to wait a couple of weeks to be buried, and they wound up swapping them. And now both families, of course, are upset. This seems to happen way too often, Lisa. So is the funeral home on the hook legally? Will they wind up paying out large sums of money for doing this?
1: Yeah, both families have an attorney, and they have sued And they're uh, in their court uh, declarations. They've said that they're suing for in excess of $1 million each. Mm-hmm. And they were very distraught because... You know, these the funeral home took a long time to bury both of these ladies. One, the first one, because there was just no, you know, with COVID, there's just a um, a lack of availability mm-hmm. of these rooms. You know, they're just overbooked. And so it took a couple of weeks to get her funeral to take place, and they buried her, and that turned out that was the wrong woman. But the family said... To the funeral director She doesn't look quite right You know How did they respond to that Well she's not sick anymore <laughs> you, know what? you know what The funeral director did Quickly close the casket oh, And uh, on uh, <laughs> Shut
0: the lid <laughs> yeah. She's at peace
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god <laughs> Oh no So you know I think they're uh, And then Bless their hearts either, So they bury her Then the next family Comes along A few weeks later And that family Had a delay because mm. they all had COVID. Yes. And so they had to wait until they recovered to have the funeral. So then they get in there and they clearly right away are like, This is not you they see the woman dressed up in their mom's clothing and stuff, supposed Ooh, to be yeah. their mom. Yeah. This is not our mom. And so our they, mom's black. They go on the a <laughs> church. Yeah, right. Uh, forget what you saw. Close the lid. <laughs> have <laughs> you seen our lobby? Come back <laughs> Yeah, they tried they tried that close the lid thing, it didn't work. No, this time and time they they did. nope. Right. So then they have to exhume the mom, dig her up, and they have to look at her and make sure that this is, is this actually your mom that we dug up? Mm -hmm. And so it was very traumatic. And so, yeah, these cases, they happen too often, and you you see pretty large jury verdicts for these, usually in excess of half a million dollars, sometimes a million dollars. It depends on how egregious the facts are. I think maybe the slamming the casket one, that might be pretty bad.
0: Yes. Mm. After they slam the casket shut, they deserve a I'm a little settlement. surprised. This, is, this sounds yeah. like emotional justice, though, because usually Lisa will yeah. tell us that emotional mm-hmm. damages are hard to quantify. Yeah, a million dollars does sound like a pretty big payout for something like that.
1: Yeah, there are certain things that jurors just are much more readily well, well, willing true. to yep. give big yep. money for, and this is one of them. Okay. Lisa, as always,
0: wonderful to talk to you. Have a great weekend.
1: You too. you too. Have
0: a great weekend. You too. Bye. There she goes. Our official attorney of the two guys named Chris Young. That's Lisa Lanier. Find her at Lanier dot com or hire dot com.